I am your host, Kevin Lamberding. Just wanted to create another podcast for you that reaches a little bit better demographic or a little bit different demographic than our Hotcast One radio podcast that me and Albert Garza do. I wanted to bring different people from around the community, different friends who have their own stories and their own adventures that they're on. So, uh, our first guest will be none other than the owner of Crave Eats, Drinks, and Nightlife, my friend Jacob Miller. We talk about Crave, we talk about 2020 and how the bar business has been affected, how his business has been affected, how Sam's and Coffee has been affected. Sam's and Coffee is one of my favorite lunch spots, and when 2020 hit, the place that he was at and the the location that he was at was an amazing spot, and COVID took that away from him. And we talk about that. We talk about the bar business itself. We talk about how he got into the bar business. So without further ado, I give to you Jacob Miller. With us today, I've got the owner of Crave Eats Nightlife downtown. What what how what do we call Crave? Uh, a lot of people call it Craves or the Crave or Crave, but uh, the official name is Crave Eats Drinks Nightlife. So we do a little bit of everything. And he also owns Sam's and Coffee. Yep. Which um, 2020 was not nice to Sam's. So yeah, there oh. might be some. Uh, I don't know. We're we're looking into the future right now. We don't we don't have a guaranteed open or closed or you know, we're just trying to be creative with it right now. Um so with us is is Jacob Miller. Um how long have you had Sam's? We'll just start with that. Um Sam's is about two and a half years, so about three years worth of work into it, but it'll be three years in July. How did you get in how did you get into that? That's your your second business. Grave yeah, was the yeah. first and then you um, you branched. Yeah, so I had the bar. I've had the bar for almost nine years now, and uh, just kind of got tired of working till two, three, four o'clock in the morning. And I, you know, being creative and entrepreneurial, I thought of a a day job for myself. <laughs> like, uh, I think I need to do something still, and uh, want to keep building businesses. So I started uh, thinking about what I could do during the day, and you know, coffee shop, sandwich, breakfast, lunch place would be good. Closed by you know, four o'clock, get everything done by then and still have the rest of the day. Like, you know, all those people out there that have the real jobs that I've been told. Um, and, uh, so yeah, we were open seven to four when we were running, you know, high and, uh, just, yeah, it was a trying to, you were in a great spot there. You were a pines in the Marabou business district. Mm -hmm. They're, they're building, Buildings all over that place. There was already established offices. Mm-hmm. There's a school there, right? There's or a school, or a middle yep, school. Yep, right. On, it's a elementary elementary school. school okay, on Pines okay. There, yeah, um, just by the right before Trent. 
Yeah, there's, you know, they close to 2,000 people daily working there Monday through Friday. And so <clears throat> trying to build a business within a community that's already built and uh, kind of built it off the beaten path a little bit so that we could be there, you know, mainly for the business park and then um, doing a lot of uh, catering for outside uh, doctor's offices, office parties, all that stuff. So yeah. what decided, what, what was it about the lunch aspect that drew you to Sam's and Coffee? Um, well, I don't have any, um, what, proper education in a school for being a chef. So all of my creativity comes from traveling and eating and trying everybody else's stuff. And, of course, being a bachelor at the time, uh, sandwiches. Sandwiches are really good for mm-hmm. just about everybody. Um, you can breakfast, lunch, dinner, those things, uh, no matter what. So <clears throat> sandwiches obviously sam's and coffee it's not my my middle name is actually sam okay so a lot of people ask me who sam is well there's no apostrophe in the title so uh sam's was for the sandwiches and uh coffee of course so we did full service espresso and big man hand two-handed sandwiches oh yeah yeah (laughs) they're they're beefy that is for sure and mine is the egg salad sandwich yep i don't think i had anything else it was the egg salad sandwich (laughs) Protein, um, protein drink and an egg salad sandwich yep. do you good. Um, the app was nice. Yeah. The app, and actually, when I had my donut business in Kalispell, we didn't have a drive-through. So my thought was, and that was kind of when cell phones were starting to take off into the form that we know them now. I said, I wish there was a way that we could have this on the phone. That instead of them calling in and us always being on the phone. There was just a way for it to transfer to a screen, and we'd have their order ready. We'd run it out to them when they said it was here. So you practically invented I, the internet, I practically right? invented the apps <laughs> and how we know them today. But I didn't, I didn't know, you know, it was yeah. just a dumb, dumb idea that I had that I was like, that'll never work. Yeah. Why would anybody want to do that? Now it's <laughs> so much extra everything. work. Yeah. So it, yeah. that was my idea. I'm going to claim that one. I feel um, like I, I was on top of the game having the app um, pre-COVID in the beginning of the business a couple of years ago. A good friend of mine um, builds apps and websites and came to me and said, hey, this might help you. And I'm like, well, you know, small business, not a lot of money. He's a local guy, so he worked with me on prices and uh, developed the app and the website for us. And <clears throat> it was great. I mean, it paid for itself instantly. And then COVID comes around. And you see McDonald's and Arby's and Burger King and all these places. We have an app now. You can park outside. We'll bring it to you. And it's see, just I've like, been there. <laughs> gosh, I've had that for a couple of years. But uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's been an interesting trek being in the the lunch and breakfast industry, coming from the late night stuff. So and we had uh, we had the donut shop, and then we had breakfast sandwiches as well. But the best thing that we had was a. Uh, cheesy cheddar or a cheddar brat wrapped in donut, fried and then yeah. glazed. Oh man, it never was a bad a, idea. It was a it was a heart, it was a heart attack waiting yeah. to happen. It was a lot of calories, <laughs> but man, I could not keep them in the shelf long enough. And then everybody would want them, and I'm like, yeah. I can only make so many. Yeah, I've so, only got fifty today. <laughs> yeah, so but and then and it was weird because then the next day. You wouldn't have anybody come in there. Yeah. So it was kind of dependent on the construction crews and where they were working. So gotcha. kind of figure out their schedule. Had I been able to wait or been able to last another, I would probably eight months, but let's just say six months, 
I'd probably still be in Kalispell. I'd probably have two businesses because who knows what would have happened. The yeah. high school moved in. The contract was up for a business called Semi-Tool, which they do um, computer stuff. Mm-hmm. And they do a weekly meeting where they give a donut to every employee for this meeting. That was like 1,500 donuts. I just needed eight months. Yeah. Six months, but eight months. Yeah. And <laughs> just couldn't make it just happen. Just couldn't make it. No. Yeah. We, no. we added a lunch, so we added a soup. We added sandwiches. We added um, like a wrap. Mm-hmm. And and then I built a coffee shop as well. Yeah. So that was and the coffee shop was probably the the best part to bring everybody in when it was should have been the donuts, but we had a we had an awesome spot. We were in the Home Depot parking lot, mm. movie theater, Costco was across the street, and it, that whole area was yeah. just blowing up. Well, and oh. you expect to have all those people there, and then you're like, can I get a small percentage of you to stop by and yeah. eat some food? Yeah. Well, that was right when the fuel prices went mm. up. So my yeah. shipping costs just went yep. through the roof. Yeah, and you can charge so much for a donut. Yeah, I was at a shipping company uh, here in town working for one of the low men on the totem pole, working the dock at a trucking company at that same time, and I was the first one to go. <laughs> I was the, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me now being in business, but uh, <clears throat> dropping the lowest paid guy off, um, probably one of the harder workers because I was trying to keep my job, and uh, you know diesel hit. Four seventy-five, five dollars a gallon, and you got to cut something. So, yeah. How do your shipping costs work? And you're doing two businesses, so do you order for both businesses? So, yeah. Or is it, or is it somewhat separate? It's separate. There, they are two completely different LLCs, so they're different corporations. Um, but uh, I kind of use my pole being able to order um, with the consistency and the amount that we order from each, both of them at the same time. Um, we do pretty well. So if, you know, if we needed new menus printed, they were always happy to help us because we did so much with them, but it was still two separate, um, accounts that, uh, you know, it's, it's a distributor, you know, we've got a couple, uh, Cisco and U S foods and then a couple of the fresh food and the seafood places, but mainly just, um, locally ordered through Cisco or U S foods. And once a week, twice a week, depending on how busy are, they send the food over and you, now you can order it off their app. Yeah, their and, app, uh, that app. You just don't even have to talk to anybody <laughs> until the delivery driver drops it off. So, yeah. So you don't have a, a weekly lady that comes in, and or do you do the whole order yourself? Um, we normally do the order. We have, you know, salesmen change, salespeople um, change every so often. And so, but they'll come in, you know, if we need them, or once every couple of weeks, once we get everything going smoothly. And right now it's, we've been open for almost nine years at Crave, so we've got everything down pretty well, but we actually did just switch distributors, so we're in the middle of changing menus and uh, just getting some new items that we like and making sure they have everything that we had before because that's kind of a big deal when you switch. They There's a couple specialty items that everybody loves that uh, the other company doesn't have, so we're working through that right now. And Okay. Um, but, yeah, we, <clears throat> I mean, we, we, we sell a lot of food down there, so just like beer and liquor distributing you know how did 2020 affect you at crave well first tell us about crave tell us what it's about and then i want to know how 2020 affected you okay uh crave um started out as bowls bites and spirits i had an idea to serve uh what uh asian style with american flavors i uh one of my first jobs was at a teriyaki restaurant here in town and i just 
love Asian food, everything about it. And so a lot of the culture eats in bowls, like they're, you just serve their food in bowls. And so I thought to <clears throat> use that as an idea, but then throwing in, we had a couple steak and Alfredo dishes and chicken Caesar with rice and these kind of fun, fun ideas that you would serve in a bowl. That was basically it. It wasn't, uh, <clears throat> you know, serving drinks in big fish bowls that it kind of turned into after a little while. But uh, so now it's Crave. Um, <clears throat> we are a local sports bar, the place you want to go, you know, you, that we know your drink, we know your kids' names, we know your story. You enjoy coming to see us. We enjoy when you come in. We've got liquor, beer, <clears throat> you know, obviously non-alcoholic drinks as well, full bar, pub food. Now we're into pizzas and salads and burgers and big pizza-sized nachos and things like that. So we've got fried food, fresh food, and um, then we throw in a little gambling and TVs and can watch sports and have parties there. And and then late night, we <clears throat> turn the lights down a little bit and turn the music up and the dancing starts. And so it's a, you know, nor in normal times, it's a 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. And we have all walks of life. We've got one of our regulars is 93, Keith. He comes in and has a beer or two each day during the week. And, and then at night, we've got, you know, 21 to 45-year-olds coming in, dancing and having fun shots and not just your, you know, PBR drinkers at night, but we, I've got some of the best bartenders in town. I would put them up against any other place, you know, just the quality and the efficiency and the knowledge that they have. <clears throat> So, you know, trying to mix in the local feel with also, you know, a little bit bigger city feel where we can turn the music up and you can come get dressed up and have a good time on the weekends and stuff like that, too. How did your, your, you said your menu had changed from your bowl idea mm -hmm. to where it is now. Was that just because of the clientele um, that, was, a, that was in or did it, was it the process a little more complicated you yeah. needed a little easier? So bowls required, um, you know, I, I would I would have cooked the food or prepared the food in walks and on a flat top or over a broiler for the chicken and that kind of stuff. And we just, we never were able to put a hood in there because it's on the bottom floor of a 17-floor building where your hood has to go out the roof. Can't mm -hmm. go over a sidewalk anymore. <clears throat> whoever has them now has been grandfathered in, but... Uh, we were never able to put a hood in, so my idea <clears throat> of bowls originally was kind of a fast food joint, like a subway of, you know, with four walks instead of a cold table with all the sandwich stuff on it. So you would pick all your stuff out, and we'd make it for you right there. It evolved into what my partner and I decided to build in 2012 as bowls, and, you know, the late-night um, <clears throat> crowd kept us alive my partner and I split ways and uh, I stayed there remodeled the place and uh, turned it into what it is now just something we just couldn't handle the it, we couldn't put out the quality of food that I wanted to with what we had so we switched it up and now we're just you know we're we're more your your local event spot and uh, tall tables short tables bar top you know good for everybody to come in and it was, Do you have ambitions of going back to that bowl idea? Because um, I like the premise. Yeah. So one time I was I was over in Barcelona a few years ago, and I've thought about bowls, obviously, now for probably 10 years. And uh, 
um, it was, I saw a place called, I believe it was walk to walk. And that would be walking to a place that serves their food out of walks. And it was a great idea. And is exactly what I'm talking about where you pick the protein in your base, rice or noodle, and then you put your veggies in and your sauce, prepare it for you. And you're out in three to five minutes and it's just a walk through. And so it's either going to be a food truck or a small fast food restaurant eventually in my life. I'd hope to have that. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But uh, it's always a dream of mine. I, just, I love the food truck idea. Yeah. And it, and that's where you can have everything in there. You can take the order. Somebody's cooking it, and it's out in, it's out in the snap of a finger. You know, it's, it's quick, good, fresh, hot food, you know, and trying to rival some of the Mexican food trucks that are all awesome out there that Mm -hmm. can push out the food. (laughs) How, how, what is your, what are the businesses around you? Is there enough clientele to do? Well, I I guess that's a bad question because you're not doing the bulls. If you were to do the bulls out of your food truck, where would you go? Um, Well, obviously um, food truck kind of like conventions or street fairs would be a part of it. And then, um, bigger companies that have, you know, like hospitals and Amazon style businesses where a lot of people have lunch at the same time and you go and park there for four hours and you serve everybody food for that time and then clean up and get out and of move here. on. Yeah. And you, you work your four hours and then even late night stuff. Um, a lot of the time there's a food truck out at night after, you know, pre COVID times, two o'clock in the morning, people are all hungry and need a little food to, tied themselves over and well that hot dog them. guy that was down there he cleaned up oh yeah about that midnight to yeah 3 a.m yeah. time period yeah we're cleaning the bar and it's like all right who's on taco duty go get <laughs> us 55 tacos from the food truck so whoever wasn't on uh, mopping or cleaning the toilets always got to go get tacos <laughs> yeah that's uh that's what i usually have at that time of night mm-hmm. is some tacos yeah yeah we need to get some tacos after all those beers so um but 2020 man it was crazy. Um, started out the year. <clears throat> I've I've grown every single year, um, profitability and sales. There's certain things that have pushed me towards that, and that's the raising of minimum wages and costs. And I mean, I could have a you know a legal size paper full, a list of things that, that go up when those kind of things go up as well. So <clears throat> as well as sales and. You know, the quality of our product is just consistent. So we have we have people that have been there since the first weekend we opened. That's they, awesome. You know, it's it's just great. And so um, the first two months of the year, I had some, some transitional periods because we were hitting certain marks. And, you know, once you pay enough taxes, they want you to pay them faster. So the beginning of the year was a little stressful. We had some bigger bills that we were used to, got through those, got through February, starting to rock and roll St. Patty's days around the corner and we are you know basically just shut down and um it was it was pretty wild we didn't really I mean no one knew what was going on and we all had to take it really seriously and I mean what we were told was two weeks we were yeah two weeks two weeks right back um but yeah so shut that down um for about a month and a half both businesses and Crave was able to reopen, um, what, uh, June, I believe, and <clears throat> got some help from the grants and things that the government was given out to help restart the business. You're never, you're never ready to, in, er, in a restaurant, 
you don't plan to not have any sales. There's never a time where you're like, unless you're planning to do a remodel where you would be planning Mm -hmm. to not have any sales. That would be about the only time where, you know, we have enough money to make us through some the slow times and then we get busy and then we get slow and, um, the money started to disappear pretty quickly because there's bills, there's last month's taxes and this month's and rent and this and that. And so, um, the first go round of closing down was really kind of scary and the, to get back open was amazing. And my employees, I mean, I could hire every one of them back at the snap of the fingers because they, they don't want to leave. And they're hoping that their unemployment lasts. But, you know, I have to make the decision to, I would much rather save some money and open back up and be successful Mm -hmm. than waste the money trying to while we can't, while we're just, you know, burning the money out. So some people were making more on unemployment than they were at their normal jobs, Mm -hmm. which just blows my mind. Yeah. And that, that extra money was for, I would imagine for bigger cities, Spokane really doesn't, uh, you know, we're still affordable to be here. And while my employees on their unemployment definitely don't get anywhere near what they make normally when they're, they work for tips. They, the minimum wage is high now, and it's good for them. And that you know that we can pay that. And um, <clears throat> but you work for those tips. Mm-hmm. I mean, you bump from thirteen bucks an hour to thirty bucks an hour pretty quick when you're a bartender. And uh, when you lose those tips, uh, they go off your hourly wage. And if you're not to a certain hour amount on your paycheck, then you get. A, you know, some of my employees went from six, seven, eight hundred bucks a week to two hundred bucks a week. And so that extra money, I'm thankful that they were able to have it because I would have lost them as employees. Yes. I mean, if I were an employee of someone like me who's trying to salvage the business and survive, I would have gotten another job because you got to pay your bills. Yeah. Like, and when you're making that kind of money and then it instantly stops, what do you do? You can't just, your lifestyle, you got to, you know, you got to adjust. But, uh, yeah, that is, it's just a scary time. And so we opened back up rocked and rolled uh for about three months and then they shut us back down again so we had what uh some of august september october into november and then it was just shut her down again and businesses that include food um the food goes bad Mm -hmm. you don't just put it away that was was my next question (laughs) and it just saves (laughs) until you open back up now beer also goes bad um, but not very, not as fast as a box of lettuce and tomatoes and all the things. So, um, also another thing about a restaurant is it's not very expensive to run a restaurant when you don't have employees and you're not buying any product. So I would say a good, wait, uh, 35, 40% of my outgoing is on, um, food and alcohol. And then you got to sell it to pay all the other bills. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so it, it was and there was a time there it was just you and your cook yeah just shoveling out orders yeah. to the to-go yeah how much were you able to make back up with the to-go orders the to-go orders was a slow and painful death <laughs> uh we didn't you know you make enough you got two employees in there if i wasn't there myself um which are you know near a hundred dollars a day and then your food cost, and uh, so that pretty much takes the three hundred to four hundred dollars a day that we made. We're de- 
we're, we have really great food. We're known for some food items that we have, and people love to eat there. And are, I mean, it's really, I don't hear anything bad very often. But uh, every once in a while, you order cheeseburger without bacon or with bacon and it doesn't come on there you know sometimes you you know you do your friends like that but hopefully hopefully the public doesn't hear he that came much. back i know he yeah. came back i heard yeah I, I just to let you know i came over to his house with bacon no i didn't but i said i was sorry uh yeah so the we we did that as long as we could because i'm trying to keep people employed and i want to pay him but uh it came to a point where it was just Let's just, this is too stressful for my GM. He's running, doing everything he possibly can. And let's just sit back for hopefully a month. And it was about a month and a half for uh, the spike to come back down of COVID. And, um, you know, 2020 was a ride. And I prepared to be stronger when we came out. So what did you learn going, what, what can you take from 2020 going forward with your business, with Crave? Um efficiency and you know the waste and keeping contact with people so they know that if they're wasting food that's their paycheck that they're you know that they or the money that i need to pay their paycheck is going in the garbage when you screw something up or we have to refund or you know it, it just keep my team's great i have an amazing staff and they all rock and uh just got to keep on top of them and make sure they know that they're making their money with what they're selling. And, uh, we've got some menu revisions coming up. We're going to cut a few things off that we didn't sell a lot of. I actually looked at all the numbers and I had to go back to 2019 because I didn't have very good numbers. (laughs) Yeah. 2020, nothing consistent. So, um, you know, from the beginning of the last nine years at bowls, have gone from probably 5% food sales to 95% alcohol sales to closer to 30, 35% food and, you know, 65, 70% alcohol. And that really helps with insurance. What do you, what do you shoot for? What are your Uh, goal numbers? Minimum 25% food. Okay. And so if you're in 30, you're doing good. Yeah. And so your insurance goes off of, how many people come through your door and they take your sales and the average cost of what you sell and they tell you how many people came through the door and then they charge you for it. So if you're below 25%. Explain that, explain that again. Yeah. So um, in restaurants and alcohol establishments, if you sell a lot of alcohol, they're going to charge you a lot more because you're pretty much just serving people alcohol, which tends to produce accidents. Produce accidents, Yes. <laughs> And so once you hit 25% food sales, you are considered a restaurant, not just a club or a bar or a pub. And so more people are coming in there just to eat or to eat at all, and that helps with the accident happening, happenings. And uh, <clears throat> so basically you take your sales, you divide it by how many or what your average ticket cost is, and then that's how the insurance company charges you. And they charge you very hefty prices. And, uh, you know, basically it's there to make sure that you have an attorney for if there's an accident. Okay. My building's made of concrete and brick, so there probably won't be too many fires. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, because we were talking about the garage door. Yeah. And what, what do I got to do to get this garage door? Because you were yeah. wanting to get open. Yeah. So what do we, what do we have to Desperate do? Desperate to try and get open. And then it hit, what, seven degrees outside. So we, I kind of... Um, skipped over that plan but that is a plan for probably this summer i'm in a uh 
one of the older buildings in town, so we're on the um, the registry for historical buildings. So I have to ask permission to change um, what it looks like on the outside. So um, probably the or the garage door is probably going to be more just like a delivery window to the outside patio, as well as airflow in the summertime and uh, basically making it easier and more space to get drinks from the bar. So, yeah. And you really can't have outdoor seating where you're at. Because that's a that's a pretty busy sidewalk. Yeah, I've got a I've got uh, I think eleven, maybe fifteen seats outside. Not very well, closer to eleven. Um, I think the capacity is twelve to fifteen people, and it is right on the sidewalk. And you have to be four feet from this, and you got to be four feet from that. And when I first started, when I got my patio, you have to ask the city if it's okay and the liquor control board and everybody and then you have to ask the public to make sure that the public doesn't have any problems with it and so once we got through all those issues and um some neighbors having issues just because i don't know why he would have an issue but we got through all those meetings uh and the city uh, politely asked my neighbor to exit the room after his um claim of his customers not being able to find his business because my four foot wide fence was going to be next door to his business. Uh, we got it put up. And so we take it, you're supposed to take it down when the winter comes and put it back up just so they can snow removal. So we have it up about nine months out of the year comes up about St. Patty's day, take it down about, um, Halloween. Okay. So maybe more like seven or eight months, but and so we've got three tables outside, but that's kind of the most favorite place when it's 90 degrees outside and 98 inside. <laughs> how do you how do you come up with your menu? You were talking about a menu change. So what are you what are you thinking? Well, so right now we've had the menu for a couple of years because of COVID. Normally we switch up, you know, sometimes we do it every six months, sometimes we do it every year. And we just basically go through what we have and see the, the amount of uh, sales from each product. And uh, we look through that and we take off the things that aren't selling, right? You got, you got something you're selling a hundred of in a whole year and you got something you're selling 2000 of in a whole year. Let's free up that space and either take that completely off the menu or um, add something that is newer, um, some new idea. So we take a couple of the burgers off that haven't sold. We take a couple, we have specialty fries. They're kind of like, um, tachos but with fries you know they're, we got a pulled pork barbecue fry and our beer battered fries are awesome you can do it with fries or not or uh, um, tots and then you know we went through those we took off three of those added another um, put in a couple different special um, sides that we wanted some beer battered uh, pickle fries and um, actually one of the favorites was uh, um, buffalo fried cauliflower mm. And it is delicious. And, I mean, for even even for people who don't like veggies, this is killer. And it's nothing, It's you're not going to say, man, this is a great chicken wing. I'm going to make the switch. But this is amazing. I mean, it's great. It's nice beer-battered fried uh, with uh, buffalo sauce all the way through it. So we just, you know, we just, we have fun. I get to have fun there. I don't have to, I don't have any rules. I, I mainly go off sales, and we have some things that sell really well. And then we try and think up uh, something else that sells really well. And then we'll readjust later on down the road. What are you expecting out of 2021? Is it is it kind of month to month? Um, well, you know, in the beginning, I used to go day by day. And then I got to go up to week by week and then month by month. And now we're 
you know, we're, we're steady enough that I can, I can be sure that we'll have a business next month. No problem. Um, I'm not going to shut down again. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to, I can't afford it and it doesn't work with business. So, um, it's too expensive to reopen. Um, so we're going to push through this. I'm just going to be positive that we don't have any official shutdowns mandates happening, but, uh, I'm, I'm stoked about 2021. It's not going to hit a record level because we lost a couple months in the beginning. But uh, from here on out, I mean, just the way the food's selling, um, the happy hour crowd that we have down there um, every day. I mean, I was down there today, and it was just it was awesome. It's just fun to see people being together and smiling and laughing and, you know, hopefully wearing their mask to the bathroom and stuff like that. So, um yeah, I'm stoked for 2021. I think it's going to be good. I'm, I, about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, before COVID, I, I finally had made it. I finally had made it to the point where I didn't have to be the full-time employee that made sure it happens. I've trained my GM to take over for me. I, I have a great squad. I mean, Lance has been there for since two weeks after we opened. Then I have another employee who's been there for just under eight years and then, you know, five and six years and then a couple years for cooks because they kind of turn over. But they've been there. They're loyal. And <clears throat> that's good. I'm Right now we have five employees, and by the end of next week we'll have two more. So Good, good, it, good. We're – we're selling food too fast right now. So okay. that's awesome. That's what we like. Yeah, you can't you can't argue with that. Yeah. And Uber and all the delivery guys, they help us out. We you know, it's mainly for marketing to get the, get it out and have I have I've been talked to or I've um, been asked if I own the own the crave downtown and I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I own Crave. Not the but Crave and uh well, I order nachos from there every Sunday for football. I've I've never been in. Where is it? <laughs> it's oh. like, well, it's actually really easy to find, but I'm glad you continuously order fries and nachos and wings from us every week because you love it. I would love, you know, and this was specifically from a pregnant woman who I was talking to at my dentist the other day, and she's like, I've eaten there 10 or 15 times. And then I was like, well, have you ever been in? And she stood up and of course, I didn't ask her if she was pregnant, but she pointed that out. And uh, I said, well, that's a, you know, we'll have a little celebration after you bring that one into the world. And, um, yeah, I enjoy everybody. Uh, you know, people people get upset about tipping and um, employees get upset about tipping. And it's like, that's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to make sure if they're going to tip, they're happy about it. Yep. And if they're not, then that's it, it, it. You didn't get a tip. You move on to the next one. Yep. And, uh Hopefully somebody makes up for that other, yeah, that yeah. you know the the loss of a tip. Mm-hmm. I'm usually at twenty twenty five percent, so yeah, try to make up for those guys who throw a couple bucks your way. Yeah, yeah, no, it's always great, and we have we have more of those than the ones that don't. Good. So. This is a mid roll read. Crave eats, drinks, and nightlife downtown Spokane. They've updated some items on the menu. Come check out the all-new B-L-A-T. Bacon, lettuce, fried avocado, and tomato. This comes with a side of fries or tots. Also, dive into the crispy fried buffalo cauliflower. Yes, I did say cauliflower, and yes, they are amazing. Crave Eats, downtown Spokane. Is the... is that what you said for 2021? And do you think that's bar 
wide, or I guess that's the wrong way to put it. Is that industry wide? There we go. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I would say so. Um, you know, I know a lot about the, uh, you know, a lot of business owners in town and some people who didn't make it through this um, weren't following all the rules and may or may not have had, you know, we expect to make the money this month to pay all the bills next month. And if you run your business like that and something happens, then you may not have a business after that, or you may not be able to show the correct um, paperwork to get the grants from the government or this and that. And so I'm happy that I was able to, or that my business is that legit. And we were able to get that help because um, it mainly helps to restart the business. When you have to shut a business down like mine, there's a lot of restart costs and bringing people in to clean and get it ready and ordering, you know, the thousands of dollars worth of food and alcohol where, you know, if you don't have a backup and you have to use all of that money to survive at home, then, you know, it might not work out for you. And I think industry wide, we're going to, we're just going to keep being great. I mean, there's so many bars in Spokane, we're going to lose a few here and there um, each year, but uh, this kind of, I don't want to say I'm not a weak link, but I don't think I'm a weak link. I think I'm more of a staple. But there was some weaker links, and it's okay. It's time to make a change and move on. And I mean, if my business failed, um, I would personally be okay with that, and I would move on and figure out how to make myself better. And, um, you know, with Sam's, I may or may not open back up, but um, with my creativity that I'm trying to find back you know trying to get back again with all this sitting inside and not seeing anybody and uh, my creativity comes from seeing other people's businesses and see what they do better and well and how I can take some of their ideas and use them as our own and um, I've been out a few different places and it's just kind of it's just it, it, it makes me happy and makes you smile to see everybody working and being successful and, you know, trying to start new ideas. I travel. I like to go places. I've been to Europe a couple of times and a few of the sandwiches that I really wanted on the menu. I wasn't able to have at Sam's um, just because we couldn't get the quality of product that I wanted um, because they're mainly European. And it just, th- what was it? Um, I'm a fat kid. I got to know. What was it? <laughs> uh, well, I really do love the Cuban, and we were capable of doing the Cuban, but it was a, a sliced chorizo. And for some reason, the U.S. doesn't, or they think sliced chorizo sausage. I mean, normally you get a chorizo, and it's a, um, it's kind of crumble. Something. Yeah, crumble. And we actually had that on a breakfast sandwich and for our breakfast items. Um, but I just couldn't get an affordable, I, don't, I, I didn't want to have a 15 or $16 chorizo sandwich. Now, in Europe, you go to any bakery, any shop, any anywhere, and they have, you know, there's four slices of Trizono, slices of Swiss, and, like, the best French bread or Spanish bread or, you know, baguette that you can find, and it costs you 250 euros, you know. And here, I have to get that same sausage, which Trizono is one of the cheapest and easiestly, easiest made sausages around. Um, it's just a... It's not the highest quality, but this summer sausage was a like a two and a half, three inch thick summer sausage, and I tried to get it, and we had to order it from Europe, and that's where the 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 cost of I can only imagine uh, what the shipping cost is on that. I mean, you're talking, you know, brisket seven dollars a pound when you get it, and uh, this chorizo sausage was like nine fifty, ten bucks a pound, and you're just like, 
I, I'm going to have to go a different direction. Was it fresh when you got it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was great. And the only thing I could get was, like, hot dog size ones. And it just it didn't uh, work out. So yeah, I that takes it. away. Yeah, it wasn't the right stuff. So Yeah, you want a, you want a good yeah, I want avocado it, size. Yeah, I want it to fill your – I want it to go over the edges of your – baguette or your friend your bread that you're eating it on and just wasn't possible so uh, but the cuban was definitely one of my favorites and i actually got to go down to florida and you know it's like wherever you go what are they really good at let's go have everything <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh where are we going to eat today that we haven't eaten before so i don't know if i've and uh, i've had a lot of food because i'm fat <laughs> but i've never had i don't know i don't think i've had authentic cuban food before so going down to Florida, yes. Miami would yeah. be, I, I would love it. Yeah. And because I, I just eat everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's amazing. It's all just wonderful food. That's what I loved about Europe. Uh, I mean, the food, the quality was always really good. And we were just talking about um, homegrown eggs, chickens that you have in your backyard. The eggs are orange and they're creamy. And the eggs we get from the store here are yellow White. and old. <laughs> and, and old. Uh, uh, just not the same, but that's what they have there. And, um, yeah, I just tried to bring a little flavor from my trips and my ventures off into the world outside of Spokane and, you know, just bring my favorites back. And But the, the um, there's a good movie called The Chef, and it's actually, um, I can't remember his name, but he's the director of um, the Iron Man movies, and he's um, Iron Man, uh, his um, butler. Or his the he drives mm-hmm. him around and everything, and so yeah. he's the director of all those movies. I yes, believe. and so he made a movie called The Chef, and it's all about the Cuban sandwich and how he, you know, he made a food truck with a, the Cuban sandwich. And I, you know, I like to watch those shows because they tell me that I'm either doing everything correctly or I better change some stuff up. John Favreau. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. And Thank he's you, awesome. Google. Yeah. He, yes. Exactly. Thank you, Google. But yeah, you got to watch that show. It's a good, good one. chef. Yeah. All right. From corporate chef to food truck champion. <laughs> so uh, I'm a pizza snob. You had talked about pizza there at Crave. That mm-hmm. the, now is that I haven't had your pizza there. Is that something you just started, or has it been on the menu for a while? Yeah, we've had it on the menu for a while. It's not one of our. It's it's not the biggest, most popular item, but uh, we use a. Um, a flatbread. It's about ten by four, um, and we just have a few different um, pizzas that we like. A good barbecue pizza. We got a a Thai. Uh, we call it Mai Thai pizza. Uh, chicken Thai peanut sauce, mozzarella, cashews, green onion, uh, tomatoes, and some what is it? The uh, sweet chili sauce on top after it's all cooked up. And it's just a you know everything is just really good. It it doesn't. It's not. You know, I'm not inviting um, the food shows in to find my new recipes, but we just put a lot of great rest your great items on food. We put it's them quality. together, and, yeah, just it's good quality. quality. Yeah, and that's that's what I'd like because you go someplace and you know you're like, I'll take uh, I'll take the French dip, and you get it, and you're like, ah, oh, man could have waited to eat till I got home. The, the <laughs> middle of that bun is soggy, but the outside's super hard. Yes. The meat's overcooked. Yeah. It's dry. You know that that's not quality food. No. You uh, give me a better effort. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think our 4.5 to 5 points on, you know, Yelp and 
Uber and Google and all those. Maybe they're a little lower just because there are some people out there that like to make Karen's. But uh, we've got a lot of five stars. So. Good, good, good. Yeah. Now, do you want to talk about your new adventure that you've been cremating here? Or not cremating, cre- creating? Um, you know, I don't have an exact idea yet, but like we were talking earlier that I, I'm, I, I'm just trying to get my creativity back. It's been so down this last year and just trying to survive and hold on, you know, until we get through this. And so um, I do have a bunch of ideas. And uh, honestly, I, I, I kind of want to go into the dog food business. You know, the... the, <clears throat> the That's a little different yeah, than, than yeah. the bar life. You know, That's so, a little different from sandwiches. Yeah. Um, the, the low overhead... You know, um, I built my bar and my sandwich shop to be too small to fail, to where I can I can make sure this place runs, even in the hardest times, and to um, maybe find a new business that doesn't include food right now. And so I went to a couple of restaurants last week, and that's when I started thinking about another restaurant. I don't really have a solid answer. I do at all times have my eyes open looking at open properties up here on the South Hill. I'm from the South Hill and I, I've got a big team, you know, following that would enjoy a restaurant or bar up here that was created by me. Um, and it kind of just, you know, you gotta, I start with the process of thinking up of an idea. What do I want to do? You think, okay, I want to do a restaurant. Now, do I need a chef? Do I, where do I want to be located? Because where you're located is going to depend on what you serve and how you serve it and what's around you to be either similar, different, you know, exactly the same. Hopefully not. <laughs> I don't want to be the same as anybody else. But uh, And so I'm kind of just, I'm still in the process. I've got a lot of ideas. I just moved out to Airway Heights. And so there's a lot of um, building going on out there. There's a lot of new people out there. There's a lot of turnover with the air force so there's a lot of restaurants out there and there's two big casinos and a lot of you know where the attraction to a small bar like mine there may already be a couple of them out there that i you know so in my you know thinking of anything entrepreneurial i thought of bringing something that they don't have and what about what about keep going south keep going south from that the casino area Mm -hmm. in airway heights down to that Amazon area. Yeah, Medical Lake area. There's a there's a McDonald's there. Mm-hmm. There is, what's the country, is it Country Cafe yeah. in the truck stop? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, there's, there's nothing, nothing else, else there. Yeah. You know, the bar and restaurant industry has become very expensive. It used to, I think, well, since I've been in it, it has continuously gotten way more expensive to run and you have to be really good at it. And you got to have a lot of money to start. There's no, there's no just starting off a whim. We got lucky in the beginning because we were good at what we did. And then I evolved the business to where it's at now. Out there, I mean, there's possibilities. I've talked to people about opening some wine establishments or, you know, more of a pub and, you know, a little bit more classy out there. But, you know, financially, I'm, I'm ready to spend somebody else's money. And so I, I'm, I'm still lots of people, my, <laughs> lots of people are good at that. Still. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to spend somebody else's money so that we both make money. Mm-hmm. And I've had offers and just not in the right time yet. And when it happens, it'll happen. Um, 
you know, I've got a couple of good buddies that own uh, bars around town. Joe's uh, Joe's house out in Millwood are a couple of good guys, uh, him and Chaz. They rock, rock it out there, and they opened a month before COVID hit, and they're still alive. So oh, that's good. Still, they open back up, and it's just – so, uh, you know, do I do I jump on with somebody else? I had a bad experience with my partner in the beginning. He took off after about six months, and he's that he was that common story that most people hear about bad partners. And he put me in a pretty low spot, and, uh, you know, we dug our way out of it and continued business for eight more years after that. But uh, I'm not opposed to having a partner because I have a lot of creativity. I'm a great manager. I can run a show I can um, put things together put people in the right places to do the jobs that need to get done where I'm more profitable somewhere else you know in the sales department or uh, growing the business in other ways so I'm I'm it's I'm an open book right now I'm I'm looking for opportunity but that's kind of just every day I drive by and I'm like whoa that's a cool place. Oh, it's closed. Oh, well, maybe mm. I could put something in there, too. Um, so There's lots of open buildings up here in the South Hill. Yeah. What do you think the South Hill needs? Um, I would say something more local than Twigs, but um, as classy. Mm-hmm. Um, the sports bars up here, I actually got my first bartending job after watching the door or being a bouncer for year and a half at Morty's and uh, I learned how to bartend there I was the head bartender for a couple years and uh, that's where I moved down to um, Bulls at the time but Crave and that was where I you know you see all this money coming in you're like I gotta do this myself like they're making too much money Mm -hmm. not you know I, I try to tell everybody who's got a really great idea that they need to come up with how much money they can spend or what they think they're gonna spend and then I look at them and I say Double, Double it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's just to be safe. Let's maybe make sure we have more than that. And so um, we do have some ideas. There's a couple of places open up that uh, up here in Lincoln Heights. <clears throat> I'd love to be up here. I, I, I just, my vision of retirement or moving on from the workforce is to just not have to do the job of my business. And I'm willing to do the job of the business. I, you know, my dad's been an entrepreneur for 43 years, done um, landscaping, gardening, uh, fine, fine tuning of yards and trees. And, <clears throat> and so just trying to uh, use what I have already on my, you know, on my tool belt and uh, the people that I've gained as uh, a team around me and, whatever I do, I'll do it because I know I'll be successful. I'm not going to jump into something because I don't know that I'm going to be successful. I mean, I've done it twice now. I tried to prepare better for sandwich shop, construction costs, construction pushes out three months, your loans start coming up, this and that. And the restaurant industry is never on time. It isn't. (laughs) And so you got to be patient. And uh, I don't have a, I don't have a set in stone idea. I actually had somebody call me up and said, um, I make too much money. I don't want to give it to the government. And I already have a ton of investments. I'm wondering if you have a good idea to start a business. And that was in November. And I'm just like, my head's spinning. It's COVID. One of my businesses is really not going to make it. The other one is closed down and quiet and dark. And and he's like, well, let's, you know, just send me an idea. And it's just like, it doesn't work that easy. It doesn't. You know, and maybe somebody has a list of businesses they want to open up, 
but it takes a little bit more time than that. So um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm building my resume as a successful business owner to, to find that right person that, you know, either wants to do it with me or pay for it or, you know, eventually I do it myself. But what about the dog food? What is that? How does that interest you? Because you smiled when yeah. you said that. Yeah. And, and you have a passion for dogs, animals. Yeah. Yep. What about the dog food? Is uh, it, are you making your own? Are you bringing in top quality top foods? Top quality, yeah. Big time on quality. And that's everything I do is quality. I've learned quality from the beginning. Um, yeah, it's just a small space um, with shelves and animal food and you know, leashes and stuff like that. It's, it's very simple and you can order everything from one place because it's all alike. You know, I have to order all my food and drinks and alcohol from five or six different locations. So the, the easier it is to bring everything into keeping it as low overhead as possible and bringing something to a community that they don't have. And I mean, honestly, it's, it, it's still in Spokane County. So it's a little different than putting it right in, um, airway heights but you know in that area there's nothing like that and i mean i spend close to 80 dollars every two weeks on a bag of food for my dogs mm-hmm. and good quality treats and because my dog has dry skin so i have to spend more money yep. and the places that i buy my stuff from have been around for close to 20 years and when they opened up you know i don't know if i was around thinking about it 20 years ago when this uh, specific business opened. But I was like, what are they doing? Dog food and dog leashes? You're going to have a business doing that? And now I'm like... 20 years later, that's a good idea. I only have to have three employees. It's only open for a certain amount of hours. And they're, 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 it's really hard to steal money from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to put all the money in the computer or it doesn't show. And so um, I, I'm looking for something that is... Simple. I don't have to do a lot of work for it. It takes some time to build it, and it takes money. But once you're building it, and or it's built, you don't have to do as much after that. And so I'm to the point with Crave that I've got, you know, I have to be there a couple days a week to sign checks and make sure things are right. And I double-check, you know, new menus and things like that. But I really don't have to actually do the job of the business anymore. I can completely do every you job. Have, you have a staff that's like a well-oiled offensive line yes exactly that, that have yeah. played together for the last three four five mm-hmm. years they know how to run the business yeah you're just overseeing yeah. your business yep i'm that i'm just a really good coach and i you know i put my time in i worked you know two to two for four years and had an employee to help out on friday and saturday and then i did the rest and now it's time to move on and i've got you know i've um, we got a fiance now and she has three children and we all live together. So we're a big family now of five and I'd much rather be there than having to go to work every day, um, consistently. So I'm to a point where I can decide what my next venture is. And that's what I want to do with the sandwich shop. I want to build it up as a caterer and bring in a couple good people and be there to sign checks after a couple of years and mm-hmm. COVID hit and hit, uh, you know, it's now everybody's working from home, yeah. Especially in that area, yeah. And, and they're talking. Ugh. I mean, August, September, before they even bring people back. A couple of the companies are based out of Seattle, so they're going to take all of the restrictions to the fullest, and and all their employees can work from home. Now, what happens in November 
when the flu comes back and then a couple more people get COVID and it, you know, it's like, okay, go home. It's all right. All 350 of you go home because we already know you can do it. Then my business is sitting there like, yeah, we made it. Oh, oh shit. And they're gone again. Yep. So, you know, I'm, nope. I'm, I'm clear with that. I sold my house, paid off the business loan with a little bit of the extra. And so I'm virtually debt free out there besides rent. And so it's, it hurts, especially walking by. Cause it, it, like I said before, it was a good idea. Yeah. You had the clientele from everybody that was in the area. Then they started working at home. Yep. So, exactly. and, and you tried, uh, is DoorDash, so that, that, let me ask you this, is DoorDash, Uber Eats, what's the other one? Uh, Postmates. Postmates, is that a sustainable business going forward? No, they, uh, they take a pretty high percentage, I mean, it, way more money than I would imagine ever agreeing to pay for if you were trying to start a business, but uh, they're, to get the word out, they take anywhere from... 15 to 30%, um, depending on the company. And once you get down to 15 with one company, you can start to ask the other ones to drop their prices on you. But I mean, right off the top, you got to just say a $10 meal. You got three bucks off the top that goes to Uber. Then you got an employee and you got your food costs. And so basically what that did for me down at Crave, because we already had the other business was get the food out there and make sure everyone knew we had it. And it paid for the impl- the extra cook to come in and work later in the night. And it, it wasn't building, I mean, it wasn't a profitable part of the business, but it it spread the word really well. Now, at Sam's, we were doing, um, you know, two or three hundred bucks a day. And a hundred bucks of that is in Uber and the delivery systems. And so, yeah, a hundred bucks goes down to 70 and then it you know, on down the road. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's not something you can survive on even if that's all you did and you made great money because they're, they're taking that, they're taking your profit and then the rest of the money, you, the, your profit goes to you and your rent and your bills and um, taking, taking all that away is if that's what you're depending on. And that's what happened down at Craven is why I was like, okay, let's stop. We got enough to rebuild. Hold on a second. You know, have you did you think about your own delivery service, or is that an entirely different aspect? I haven't looked into it, but I was a pizza delivery driver when I was younger, and I had to have extra insurance for myself. Can only imagine what the insurance would would uh, go up to having to send people out and be responsible for them driving. Maybe they're a great driver, but somebody else is probably going to hit them, or you know something. I didn't want to take on that responsibility and the cost of it. And, you know, it, it probably could have been done, but that's why Jimmy John's has everybody on bikes Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, (laughs) uh, they probably don't have to spend as much on insurance for that. So, well, I know, I know, uh, for, for me going to Sam's, that was nice. Um, but you, you, I think you are correct in that, that it, it was great. It's paid off. Let's move on. Yeah. Unfortunately, you don't want to see a good business die because of a yeah. pandemic, but but it is what it is. Yeah. And if you can walk away from it with no hard feelings, no bitterness, then yeah. I think it's a good that you're in a good place. Yeah, and that's that's exactly it. I can I can walk away without, you know. I mean, if I was going to go bankrupt from it, there would be a different 
different idea going on here. But I'm I'm looking to see if we can keep it out there. I, honestly, I'm just doing it for the park and the management to see if maybe I can get a little bit out of it and that they can continue to have it. I guarantee someone will pop in there once the pandemic's over and would love to have a business there. And uh, it'll be great. But uh, right now, I don't. It's it's not for me. So. <laughs> I worked at Subway when I was 16. I'm, I, I, I need to get paid a little more to make sandwiches mm-hmm. nowadays. Yes. So. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming in. Uh, we're at the Palatial Palace in the South Hill Studios. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you coming in, spending an hour with me, talking bar business. Yeah. How did you get into the bar business? How did you start Crave? Uh, well, it was you and a partner, but yeah. how, how did how did that come about? I was a bartender at Morty's for about two and a half years um, and just – had a vision of doing it myself. I've always been told that I've been great in public and people really like you. And so before you know how much everything costs, you're like, I can do this. This is easy. I'm just going to pour some drinks and this and that. So um, I was a bachelor. I didn't have any too many bills and, you know, had a nice car because I <laughs> obviously a single bachelor and spent all my money on that. But every other dime I made, I put in a drawer and I saved it. I took out, you know, I was making you know, anywhere from 150 to 350 bucks a night in tips. And that's an eight hour, 10 hour shift after you clean up and you work your butt off for it. But, uh, you, if you're smart, you can save it. And so that's what I did. I saved every penny I could. And, uh, my partner was a good friend of mine at the time we lived together and he had been a manager of a a few corporate restaurants. And in my view, I'm looking for somebody who can bring something to the table and with his knowledge that I thought he had, which turned out wasn't so much the truth, um, he was really good at so, ordering things Sounds on like eBay. the guy I was dealing with for my business. Yeah. And so, Fuckers. Yeah. And so we, uh, I, I just told him one day, I said, hey, I got some money saved up, and I want you to work with me, and I want you to be a part of this, so let's be partners. And uh, so we started in October 2011, um, starting with paperwork. We looked at a bunch of spaces. We had, you know, anywhere from a thousand to five thousand square foot spaces that we looked at, picked out um, where Crave is now. Used to be a print shop, kind of like a Kinko's. Had to completely remodel the whole place. I can, I can see that yeah. actually. Yeah, and it, it's basically the same. We just rebuilt the kitchen area so we could rewire it because it was just uh, old. You know, yeah, wasn't set up to have kitchen. Um, ovens and that kind of stuff going so uh redid all that and uh i was a bartender and i loved bartending i was the face of the business i was the one that kept people coming back i had fun i i met people um morty's was the local bar so i learned everybody's name and all their drinks and um you know was all about service and so i knew that part i've cooked at probably 10 or 12 different restaurants growing up and i was like well i know how to cook and i'm a really good bartender might as well open my own bar. We found a spot, you know, um, in downtown, and um, it quickly turned into a nightlife place where we had DJs and music and lights and stuff at night. But then the day was just quiet. Like, there's nobody in there during the day. We opened at 4. Most of the people, I mean, up until a few years ago, some of the people in our building, there's four or 500 people upstairs, offices, uh, that didn't even know we were downstairs. <laughs> hmm. So... Um, Maybe they left and or came and left before we got there, but uh, yeah, I I just had a dream. I I I, f- I followed it and I uh, put it together and had nowhere near enough money to do it. 
And uh, that's what I wish I would have known going into my business was what you said about how much you think it's going to cost double it. Yeah. Yeah. And I I wish I would have had that advice. Uh, My situation was a guy was going to work with me, you know, the, my, my profits, you know, we would pay off, you know, kind of like a loan and Uh I was just going to work it off. And he lied to me about how much he was actually making because I doubled my deliveries I had more people coming in, and I was not making the same amount of money that he said he was making. And so I started selling off prop, uh, selling off the, the pieces of the business mm-hmm. that I could because I needed the cash, mm-hmm. just trying to make it like we had talked about before. Yeah. I, needed, I needed six months, probably yeah. eight, but yeah. six months. And I just needed a little bit of cash flow, and then the shipping costs went up through the roof. So you, if you can't order two months, three months at a time, then you're at a month and your, your shipping cost goes through and then you're at three weeks and then you're a week. And then you, once you start FedExing stuff, you're, you're fucked. You're done. Yeah. So, and is that because it was so far out of town that um, you had everything? No, we were, we were in the Home Depot, uh, parking lot there in Kalispell, Mm -hmm. Montana. So we were, we were in this booming area that was ready to grow. All of our stuff came from Tulsa, Oklahoma, because it was a franchise, so you oh, had to get their stuff, stuff, the specialty yeah. yeast because of the elevation, um, all your flowers. You yeah. can get sugars from Costco, You can, but a lot of the stuff had to come from them. So you needed to buy it in two, three-month chunks to sh- to make your shipping costs yeah. little less. Yeah, yeah. But we weren't bringing in the money that we should have with the numbers that were going out, uh-huh. and... So I started selling off. He comes in. He goes, well, he's like, what are you doing? He says, well, I said, in our agreement, you know, that we signed, my lawyer wrote it up. You signed off that if I need to make a a sale to make it profitable for the business, then I can do that. And I said, and by the way, my lawyer's drafting up papers for you right now. And his face turned white. He's like, oh. Oh, um, maybe we can work out a deal because he knew, he knew. Yeah, yeah. So, and as soon as I said that, and my lawyer was not. No. He was not drawing up. I wanted to know what his reaction was because I called his fucking bluff. Mm-hmm. And he went white. Yeah. So we worked it out to where um, he basically took the business back. I paid off my milk guy, paid off my Pepsi guy, um, my coffee shop, and then I was done. Mm-hmm. So I was able to learn a lot and then be able to walk away with just paying those those bills off. Yeah. But I would love to open up another donut shop. I think the South Hill needs a donut shop, yeah. and I've looked into it twice. But what the royalties are, and then it's not having, you need to have twice as much because yeah. you know you're going to lose at the beginning. So well, It's like when you want to open up a franchise uh, fast food restaurant, they tell you you got to have a million bucks in the bank. And you're like, a million dollars? What? A million dollars goes pretty quick, mm-hmm. and that's that's just your backup. You still have to build the business. Yes. Yeah, so, yes, yeah, more money than you think. Well, you take that you take that uh, medical lake area there at the two seventy two mm-hmm. exit in Spokane. Yeah. There's the McDonald's there. There's that cafe that's there. Whatever it is, country mm-hmm. cookery, whatever it is, skillet. I think the yeah, country skillet. I and I've looked into habit. Habit Grill, which is a part of the Taco Bell umbrella, but it's a it's a, like a f- almost fast food. It's kind of in between fast food and dine in, hmm. but it's burgers, it's unique burgers, it's you know chicken mm-hmm. sandwiches, stuff like that. Um, really good menu, but they again, it's a million dollars in backup. Yeah, 
So I've looked into all the all the different franchises from Ace Hardware to, you know, just to see what it costs to run. Why is a Panera so successful besides the name and people see it on TV? Um, and you know, I mean, it's it, you're looking at a million bucks. And what they have going for them is that you buy the land. Now, if you don't buy the land, the co- or the corporation probably buys the land for you, and then they and then you lease it from them. Now, the big huge corporations in fast food are real estate companies basically okay and that came comes from you know the beginning of mcdonald's and they the original idea was to always own your land because then you're the you know you don't have to deal with the landlord you and eventually that payment stops so um, that would probably be the next venture if i were to do some type of restaurant is to own what i'm in and well i mean from the beginning of Crave to where you are now, what have you learned? What What's the one thing that you... What's the one thing that you had to learn that was the hardest to learn? Um, may or may not be the hardest, but it's really hard to work with family. Mm-hmm. Family and friends. Um, and I may be a little bit different because I understand what it feels like to have to fire your family or tell them they have to come to work when they don't want to or tell them not to talk back to you because you're the boss while you're at work. Or, uh, But, yeah, working with family. Everybody, every, sing, every time I talk about a business, I have family members that are like, I'd love to work for you. I would love to have you work for me too. <laughs> I would too. And I'm going to move on from that conversation. Thank you. But, yeah, I think uh, working with um, friends that – don't respect your business and family. And I love my family and all of them who have worked for me. And the majority of them have been great. And I've had some where it's just like, are you kidding me? Like, have you never had another job? Like, you you don't talk to me like that. Or, you know, like, I have to be able to tell you to go clean the toilet and not get my, not have your, at least turn around if you're going to roll your eyes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you work, I'm paying you a paycheck. Like, I'm not just doing this to be funny. Yeah. And you so, have to find a friend who's going to work harder than you. Yeah. That knows that line. Yeah. And, and that was my GM it. who's still there for eight years, over eight years now. And he's a, been a good friend of mine. We weren't the greatest and we weren't as close as we are now in the beginning, but he's always been the hardest worker. And yeah, he gets frustrated. Everybody does. It's hard. <laughs> it's stressful. Mm-hmm. Especially and now when it comes down to it, First off, if there's going to be a bonus, you're going to get it. And second off, you're going to work your ass off for me. And there, and that's all I need. Mm-hmm. And you do what I ask, and I give you um, the responsibility that I know that you can handle, and um, we go from there. And so, yeah, I, I think it's probably, yeah, I mean, everything else is just day-to-day, week-to-week, you know, order this, order that, you know, try not to get too upset about, you know, Google um, comments and you, know, you move on. You Goddamn call. Karens. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's been fun though, man. It's, it's, it's been a ride. I've, I, I worked for five or six years without a paycheck because I was a bartender and I didn't take the paycheck because I thought my business was more important than me taking more money. And that's what my, my business partner in the beginning didn't think. He said, I get my money and I don't care about anybody else. And so you know, he almost ran the business into my the my accountant because we didn't take a paycheck. Yeah, we paid our our lease. Dogs are going crazy. We paid our lease. 
we paid our bills from the business. Mm-hmm. From an accounting standpoint, that was a mistake that we made. Yeah. You have to pay yourself, yeah. and then, but you have to know how much to pay yourself yeah. because you don't want to take away from the business that you're trying to grow, which ultimately is going to pay, keep paying you yes. more yeah. down the road. Yeah. And that's a, that's a fine line, but that was a mistake I made not leasing equipment, buying equipment. Mm-hmm. That was a mistake. Um, thinking too grand, thinking too large scale for what was right in front of you. Mm-hmm. You've got to, you've got to meet that goal first before yeah. going beyond it. Yeah. And, yeah. Things you learn, yeah. things you learn, and, you take to the next one. And you got to start reading a couple books. And, you know, I'm actually reading a book right now called Profit First. I've only read the first two chapters, but uh, it's a <clears throat> it's a fun book. You know, the guy swears in it a little bit, talks some smack and talks about himself and, you know, talks himself up and talks himself down because of things that we're all human and that we do. And it's about making sure the profit is there for you and, you know, you have to come to a certain point and you have to have enough money in the business to be able to think this way. But once you're to that point, it's like, that's where I'm at right now. It's like, okay, my profit minus the expenses equal, you know? And so we, uh, I'm just trying to educate myself more and more. I didn't go to call. I went to college a couple of times. I didn't finish college. Um, and, I've learned everything on my own two feet, you know, school of hard knocks. I, I would imagine I'm close, you know, uh, building a business for somebody else and myself would be, you know, probably my, what, my, uh, my doctorate, my PhD um, <clears throat> recognition. I, I think college is overrated up. myself Yeah, when you can go out and learn it mm-hmm. like you did. Now, yeah. unless you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, <laughs> yeah, then yeah. you need to go to school for that. But most every other job, if if places would hire you just to give you the experience you need, because if you can convince them that you are a hard worker, that should be enough. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking for another job. I I'm, I'm, have kind of maxed out what I can do at my current job. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for somebody to just believe in me to yeah. – be able to move on yeah. and it's it's tough to do when you don't have that book that that diploma on the wall yeah. without having ha- having that they don't even look at you yeah well so. it's like it's like trying to get a bartending job and all of the applications or the things on indeed or you know the things telling you there's jobs out there they all start with must have five years experience you're like now how do i start a job that I have to have five years experience with, but I can't get it unless, yeah. So mm-hmm. I've started people from the beginning, and I don't want to do that with every employee, but now I have a base of employees that work the way I want them to, and then they can train other people. And I've worked with people who know everything, but I'm the person that if I had to, I, could, I would go to work at any restaurant if I if I ever had to, and be the best employee they had. I wouldn't be the the most skilled. I know everything. I'm gonna do this my own way. Even though you have rules already, I'd be the guy that's like, you tell me what, and I'm, I'm gonna kick your yep. other employees' asses. I already know quick. how to do that <laughs> job, but I'm yeah. not telling you yeah. I know how to do that. And job. I'm gonna and I'm gonna do great. And that's what I did with the bar industry. I started uh, as a dishwasher at um, Boston's Pizza at like 15 and a half, and I worked my way up to cook. 
And then I got another cooking job. I worked at Subway. I worked at Kay's Teriyaki. I ran Hooters Kitchen for a while uh, when they first opened. Then I got out of the food industry, and I went back as a bouncer, just watching the door for Morty's, checking IDs. And once I got in my, my foot in the door at the bar, it was like, I'm not leaving this place until I'm that guy up there serving drinks every single night of the week because that's what I want to do. And that's the only way, you, well, not the only way, but that's one of the only ways you get in to being a bartender is working your way up from the bottom. I got out of the back of the house, and I tell everybody, if you want to be in the front of the house, don't take a cooking job. You want to cook? That's amazing. Go be a cook and be get a, get to be a chef. You know what I mean? Like, work your way up. But once you're in the back in a restaurant, very seldom do you make it up to the front of the house. So start your way, figure it out. And uh, so I worked my way up and got my bartending job. And I just was the best that I could be. I I, I learned everything. I, I worked with the managers. And I had probably five or six managers in those two and a half years at the bar. And I was the only one that stayed, you know, like they all moved along and, and I learned everything they did. And then I was like, well, I know how to do all this. So I'm going to go do it myself. Mm -hmm. And that's how I, my mentality is I'm okay sacrificing and working during the beginning of COVID. I went and worked with my dad's company doing landscaping and yeah, I'm not going to do everything that the bottom guy does, but I can, I know how, I know how to clean the toilet, just like my employees. I can run circles around my employees, and I would prefer to be able to be as good, if not better, than any one of my employees at the restaurant. I can do it all. I can cook the whole menu. I can make all the drinks. I can clean. I can, you know, open up and I can close down. <clears throat> so just doing everything the, the best of your ability. And, you know, if you're not really good at that, you're going to find out that you're not good enough at that. And you're, I would know, and I'd be like, all right, I'm out of here. I, can, I gotta I go. Can, I can see that. Try something else. <laughs> How, when were you at Hooters? Uh, they first opened. I, I was I was one of their first. Uh, it was what I was 19, and that's kind of scary to say that that was 16 <laughs> years ago. Um, so yeah, I was 19 because when I turned 20, the manager was like, "Hey," I was just getting off shift, and he's like, "Hey, come on over for a drink," and I was like. You know, Steve. Um, soda. I got a. I got a party to go to, and he's just like, "You're not going to take a free drink." I don't know if I ever told him I wasn't 21, but he definitely <laughs> would have bought me a drink okay. in our restaurant. But yeah, it was it what was happened? fresh open. What happened to Hooters? It was, it was there when just too far out. Well, so now you know that they knocked that road through, and yep. all those apartments are out there. Yep. And Hooters expected that to happen while they were still open. Okay. And so, I mean. If you're coming into town from Coeur d'Alene or from Idaho, you go past the sign. Now, the sign is there, uh, but leaving town, the sign is after the exit. So you're not yep. going to stop. You're, and you can't get off on Barker and come back. Yep. Nope. And now you can. So uh, I, that, that was the problem. If they built it on Division, that place would still be there. I mean, it's wings and beer. Yeah. And honestly, the wings are amazing. Yeah. I had 75 one night. <laughs> Yes. I had 75 of those wings. Yeah. I, I think I counted it up, and I was like upwards of 1.2 million wings that I fried. Woo. We had 16 fryer baskets, 16 wide, yeah, 16, eight fryers with two in each. And we did everything, no timers, did the fish, the chicken, the chicken wings, all self-battered and everything. And uh, it was a blast. I loved it. I was 19. I mean, come on. Yeah, who wouldn't like that at 19? <laughs> I mean, I mean I didn't fit into the outfit that it took to be a waiter or a waitress, but, uh, you know, I was a damn good cook, and there were a lot of good uh, 
a lot of good after parties. So, you know, you, you go out and have some drinks with your friends after you get off work and you, you have some cocktails. Well, imagine 80 waitresses is what we started with. We started with 100. They cut 20 in the first two weeks. When we opened, we had 80 waitresses. So, you know, close to 40 each shift. And, you know, you wow. get done cleaning up and you have a great time and you're working your butts off. You all made some good money. And, yeah, the 19, we had house parties. And, you know, your employee, your co-employees or uh, co-workers – are wearing um, tights and uh, booty shorts and a tank top, and it's kind of interesting what, where things go from there. <laughs> and it, it was just a, you know, I always say, man, I'm going to tell my kids about this. And I'm like, I think I said that to a girlfriend at one point, and she's like, probably not. Like, yeah, I don't think your son's going to want to know. <laughs> like, yeah, that's prior. I'll just say it on a podcast you, in the yeah. future. Save that for the podcast, yeah, yeah. but you can also save it for when he's 22, 23, yes. 24, yeah. and you're like, son, uh, let me tell you a story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't have these restaurants anymore, but, uh, yeah. No, he's like, he's like, dad, dad, you wouldn't even know how to pull a girl like that. You, you know, you're yeah. too old. Yep, I didn't until oh, yeah. one day. <laughs> I realized, and one big thing that I learned in life is uh, women don't care what you look like. If they like you. If they like, like you. I mean, the way that we see ourselves, they don't care what we think we look like. Yeah. Like, I mean, I had, a, I had an issue with that growing up, and then I realized, like, well, she actually likes me, even though I think I'm not. Okay, cool. I'll go with that. <laughs> Drop down the barriers. We're ready to go. I've said that to my girlfriend several times. I'm like, hey, I, I, I you can probably do better, but my personality makes up for it. I know that. <laughs> Got a great personality, babe. Great Come personality. On. Listen to this joke. Uh, oh, you're not laughing. We uh we uh came into town. It was me and three other guys that I work with. They're like, "What do you want to eat?" And I was like, "Well, fucking Hooters is right down the road. Let's go down there." Mm-hmm. So we go in, and that was when they had like the the uh, yeah. unlimited. You shush. I know. I'm telling stories. They had the unlimited wings, so it was like it was like um. I went to order and she's like, uh, well, we have this going on. I said, is that a challenge? I said, you just keep bringing them. <laughs> yeah. You just keep bringing them and I'll tell you when to stop. Yeah. How do you like your wings? Let me ask you that. How do you like your wings? Well, there's a certain sauce they call Daytona. It, it's a style, a Daytona style. And it was um, a naked wing without the breading. And it was barbecue and whatever hot. So I, I usually did uh, hot. There's mild, medium, hot, like Three Mile Island and another one. And uh, But you'd take the naked wings, you'd mix them with the barbecue and the hot sauce, and then you'd throw them on the grill, and you'd grill them up until they got some char on the outside. And I love those, but what I did, once I liked those, I threw in teriyaki and hot sauce and then threw them on the grill. So it's a little sweet and spicy with a little char, and, yeah, I mean – I could eat almost any wing. I'm not like a, you know, asshole burning wing eater. I don't like. Not anymore. <laughs> no, not, not anymore. Not the way I really like to do it. <laughs> but uh, I like to taste it. I like some some spice. But uh, I've always liked teriyaki. But teriyaki and spicy thrown on the grill to crisp them up, and it was that was probably have to ask for that special. I hate going to places and ordering wings, and they just drown them in Tabasco sauce. Yeah. 
No. Horrible. Take that back. Yeah. Try harder. Yeah, start okay? again. Try, yeah. Because that, that just pisses me off. I didn't order soup with wings in it. Like, yeah, exactly. Chicken soup. Yeah. You no. gotta you gotta flick it to get the to get the Tabasco <laughs> yeah. off of yeah. it. That's not a wing. And that's what we learned how to do is not you know, we had each individual fry bowl and you we were taught to put the correct amount of sauce in so you didn't pour it onto the plate and have the bottom of the plate completely sauced out. And then, you know, you could probably reuse the sauce too, but a sauced wing should not be sitting in a pool of sauce when you get it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, we do have really good wings down at Crave, though. Like well, that, that's kind of where I was going yeah. with this, was, yeah. was your wings. My favorite wing is a dry rub. I want a dry, yeah. spicy rub. Yeah. Now, when I was in college, it, I, it didn't matter how hot it was, I was going to eat it, yeah. and I wouldn't even sweat. Now, just thinking about it, yeah. I need a Tums yeah. because well, I, mean, I cannot handle that heat yeah. anymore. But the the I love the dry. It's a dry rub with whatever seasoning in there, mm-hmm. a little bit hot. Yeah. Um, and then if I want to dip it into something, then, yeah. then go for it. But um, I'll take a good buffalo wing that's got sauce on it, mm-hmm. but I don't want it dripping like you yeah. had said. Yeah. That's That's just lazy. Our wings at Crave are breaded wings. We don't have any naked wings. Um, it was always fun yelling. 50 naked wings or 50 naked breasts coming in, you know, at Hooters. But uh, we don't have that any uh, down at Crave. But our our wings are, uh, I don't know, they're the biggest, hardiest wings that I've seen. Um, and they do come um, breaded and with a nice dry rub on them. So they've got a good kick, a little spice to it. And then we serve them with your teriyaki, buffalo, uh, sweet chili, barbecue, anything like that. So... Um, we do six and twelve with fries on the side, and one of our top selling items. So, I'm gonna have to check those out. Yeah, and they and they don't disappoint. I mean, unless the distributor runs out and sends us something that we're like that is wrong, <laughs> uh, and we still got to use them. But uh, they are, yeah, uh, you know, they're pretty awesome, pretty good stuff. Yeah, I don't know where these wings came from, but I mean, they were they were almost small avocados. Yeah. They were big wings. Yeah. You'd get. Eight wings, no, you get ten wings and a pitcher of beer for eight bucks. Yeah, so uh, that's a that's a great meal right Duh. there. Yeah. I'll take two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See this empty? Let's go again. Yeah. yeah, so I'm always a wing guy. Yes, sir. Uh well, thank you for coming, man. Um, yeah, heck yeah, it was great. We uh, we are hour and a half in, which is about my time limit. Yeah. And appreciate you coming in. Appreciate yeah. the food that you had brought from yeah. Crave. I remembered the bacon. All right. What do you want to plug? How do we, how do we find Crave? Uh, Crave Eats. Crave Eats Drinks Nightlife. We are on your Facebook and Instagram. Um, we don't have a website up right this second, but we're working on it. All the delivery, Uber, Postmates, um, Grubhub, yada, yada, yada. Um, we're your local bar. Awesome place. We'll remember you the second time you come in or maybe your second drink. Um, we like to have a good time. So, uh, bring the good spirits and, uh, come eat some food or order it online and have it at home. You're not, you're not going to go wrong. Jacob's a good guy. Uh, we've known each other for five years now or so. Um, tried my best to promote everything I could for you on Facebook and Instagram and, and, uh, Hopefully it helped a little. Yeah, maybe we can but, get out on a field and hit some freaking balls yeah, around again yeah, this year. That'll that would be nice. We're we're getting ready for Vegas right now. So nice. we're cool. we're Are chomping you playing away. any more softball? I'm still playing softball, yeah. but I never get asked to play. Yeah. So I'm old now. Oh, yeah. I'm forty two. Yeah, so. I'd ask you to play on any team, man. Yeah. <laughs> um cool. 
we uh we uh yeah we're leaving covid hit so we were supposed to be gone next week now we're after my birthday in march so we're we're three weeks away again so getting we're we might get down there maybe not they might cancel it again on us so we'll see how it goes but yeah well i love sponsoring you guys and um now that we're working again we'll uh we'll get some get some ideas out there too definitely definitely see how we can help each other out um remember like that hit that subscribe button um follow along on spotify google podcast apple podcast uh pod cloud can't remember what the other one is um but hit that hit that uh subscribe button download the show listen to the show and then delete it it's all free and everything that uh, you guys do with that subscribe button helps us out with sponsors. So, um, again, Jacob, thank you for coming in. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we'll have to do this again. Yeah, right on. All right, man. Thanks.